I'm Denise. She's a non-fiction editor. And I'm Louise. She's a fiction editor. And together, we're the Editing Podcast. Hello and welcome to this episode of the Editing Podcast. So this time around, we're going to be talking about accountability groups. And oh my goodness, does our Denise like an accountability group? How many are you in? (laughs) (laughs) Only two. But listen, Miss Self-Starter, I'll have you know they serve very different functions. I'm sure they do. Although you've admitted both involve a little more socialising than perhaps the term accountability group suggests. Team building, Harmby. Team building. Yes, yes. (laughs) Seriously, I know they're really popular, not just among the editorial freelancing community, but well beyond. So the thing is this, some of you will be sitting with a to-do list not far away. Maybe there are some serious business planning items on that list, or perhaps you've decided to update your website, write a regular blog, or create a new product or service. Or maybe you have a note to get to grips with Google Analytics, or attend an online networking group, or read that self-development book. And this is the year you're finally, definitely, really, absolutely (laughs) going to get it done, (laughs) and before the end of the year. And if that sounds like you, we have a question for you. Do those plans sound suspiciously like the ones you made at the start of the year or this time last year? Yeah, so you did the thinking, you mind mapped and brainstormed and maybe you even got as far as writing quarterly plans and monthly goals and weekly to-do lists. And yet here you are a year later, not much further forward. And in the nicest possible way, you need a push. It's planning that hasn't got beyond the planning stage. Exactly. And this is where the accountability group comes into play. That group is full of the people who give you that push because they're the people you're going to make a promise to that those things on your list are going to get done. Now, a couple of years ago, I spoke at an event run by the Content Marketing Academy and I shared some advice about setting up and running an accountability group. And we're going to talk through that teaching so that if you think this might work for you, you'll know how to go about it and get it right. Now, I saw Denise talk about accountability groups at the Chartered Institute of Editing and Proofreading annual conference a couple of years ago. And it was so good. I nearly joined one. That (laughs) that was how good it was. (laughs) Even though you're a self-starter. I know. I know. You were that great. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, but, but not quite great enough to actually get you to join an accountability group. <laughs> I was too busy self-starting and didn't get around to it. <laughs> anyway, let's go over what we're going to talk about today. So the topics are first, how can an accountability group help you? Then how do you set one up? And then how many people to include in a group? And after that, we'll talk about how often an accountability group meets. And then we'll look at whether online or in-person works, because there will come a time when that's relevant. There will. I promise you there will. (laughs) (laughs) There will. And then we'll chat about how long a meeting should be and what tools are useful. And after that, we'll look at what you might contribute to one of those groups. And then we'll round it up by talking about the accountability bit. As opposed to the socialising bit. (laughs) Exactly. Which kind of segues into what can go wrong with accountability groups. Great, so let's dig into how an accountability group might help you. A lot of editors have trouble making time for working on their business rather than in their business. And while client work does need to be prioritised because it pays the bills, there is still a balance to be had. There are equally important things we all need to be doing, whether that's working on our professional development or marketing our business. And when we work on our own, there's no one to make sure we stick to our plans. Think about how helpful it would be to know that there will be someone checking in with you to see whether you've done what you intended. 
Yeah, someone you can talk to or who perhaps has done the very thing you haven't quite managed yet or who you can help overcome a hurdle that you've conquered. Accountability groups are the ideal solution if you're feeling isolated and stuck. And they can provide you with a really safe and supportive environment where you can share your highs and lows and without judgment. Yeah, and that non-judgmental issue is crucial. Mm. I really believe mm. that. Because while there are editing forums, many of them are huge and sometimes there are a few voices that don't make the space feel safe. Mm, that's so true. Yeah, whereas with an accountability group, the members pledge to give each other the encouragement they need to move forward in whatever area they choose. Some people, being answerable to someone really helps them take action rather than populating their to-do lists and doing day-to-day -day client work at the expense of working on their business. So, Denise, tell everybody about your two groups. So, as I said, I'm in two. Uh, one is an editor-specific group, and there are seven of us, and we're all advanced professional members of the Chartered Institute of Editing and Proofreading. And the purpose of this group is to provide a safe space in which to support each other on all aspects of being a professional editor. So things like goal setting, sharing skills and knowledge, continuing professional development and running uh, an editorial business, that kind of stuff. Yeah, exactly. And then the other group is a group of Scottish women, small business owners. And we focus on similar things, but have the added benefit of being able to share experiences from different angles because our businesses are also different. That's interesting because I think it's easy to end up in an editorial bubble, whereas you've got a space where you're forced outside of that. I like it. Mm. But you know what? It got me thinking that because although I'm not a member of anything calling itself an accountability group, I do think that you provide that function for me implicitly because we talk so often about business, the stuff mm -hmm. we do together and the stuff we do um, on our individual businesses. And so I, I do feel like I, I do have that safe space in which to bounce ideas off someone, even if I'm not calling it um, an accountability yeah, group. Yeah, 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 me too. Which means I now have uh, three <laughs> accountability groups. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, absolutely. You know, one other person can serve that function, can't they? Yeah. Mm. So let's talk about um, how to go about setting one of these groups up. So. I recommend that you start by thinking about why you want one. What is it you need to focus on? And if you're in the early stages of starting up a new business, you might want a group with others at a similar stage so you can benefit from each other's experiences and provide mutual support. Or you might want to get together with people who do the same type of editing as you because you'll be focused on the same type of clients. Or perhaps you might want the opposite, precisely, so you get fresh ideas. I think the thing that strikes me here is that there'd, there'd need to be a sense of uh, a feeling that everybody in the group has something to bring to the table. Exactly. That's so important because otherwise it's one person giving free consultancy to everyone mm -hmm. else. And that's not what these are about. So the next thing to do is talk to people you think might be a good fit so you can explore the idea but without obligation. Denise, what about personality and experience or location? Do you think those things matter? Um, I think it's a good idea to have a mix of experiences and different personalities. Uh, but the most important thing, I think, is that you must feel comfortable with the idea of sharing private and possibly confidential information about your business. So, you know, it can take time to build up to that point. Mm. So with that in mind, ask yourself this. Do you feel like you trust them? Can you be open and honest? 
do enjoy those people's company and find their views interesting, insightful, even challenging. And are you happy to invest your time and energy in a group? I would say that you shouldn't commit unless you're sure about this, because an accountability group won't work if the people in it aren't committed. Yeah, that makes sense. Otherwise, the whole thing will just flounder, won't it? Yeah. So let's talk numbers. How many people should be in the accountability group, do you think? Well, I think between four and six is probably about right. I think any less and you risk not getting the variety of experiences and input that you might need. Mm. But any more and it starts to get unwieldy and there isn't enough time in a meeting to make everyone feel that they've had a fair crack of the whip. Okay, so can I go back to something we touched on above? It's about that issue of everybody bringing something to the table, but also about the safe space. Can you can you just talk a little bit more about that? Yeah, sure. So so an accountability group is is not about being told what to do uh, or being critical of each other or knowing the answer or mentoring. So nobody is going to tell you what the next steps in your business should be. Instead, the idea is that your group members help you while you work out what they are. Gotcha. So leave the negativity, the criticism and the superiority at the door. Or don't join a group. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. I mean, constructive criticism is fine as long as it's given in a sensitive and supportive manner. What about solving problems? What what, what if no one has the answer? I don't think that necessarily matters. I think the idea is that people feel comfortable vocalising that problem or challenge. And sometimes just the act of talking through it makes it enough for the answer to come through or not. So really, it's... It's like any good relationship with a partner or a friend, support and sounding board, being mm. a good listener. Mm, you're, you're spot on there, yeah. And to go a little further in that, the dynamics in, account, in an accountability group aren't that of a mentor and a mentee mm. because you're all on an equal footing and you're working together to set goals and support each other. And of course, members might have more knowledge or skills than others in a particular area. And it makes sense to draw on that, but it's not essential. Thanks. That is really useful. Um, let's talk now about how often accountability groups should meet, because I can imagine that this is an issue that might put some people off. It's easy to get into that mindset of I haven't got time. So what's your advice on that? It really is up to you. Um, you don't want to be in each other's faces all the time, but equally, you don't want to leave it so long that everyone forgets what they said they do. So I think you have to give enough time in between your meetings to achieve your goals that you set, um, but not so long that they continually get put to one side. So I think it, it does depend on the sort mm. of goals that you're setting for yourself in that group. Yeah, and you could end up in a situation where you're kind of having to rehash the, the same information over and over again if you yeah. were, if, 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 if it wasn't too regular. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. so the pandemic has meant people are much more in tune with chatting and meeting online, um, Skype, Zoom, Teams and whatnot. Um, do you have an online chat forum in your groups? Yeah, absolutely. So my editor group meets on Zoom every fortnight, but we have a Slack group that we dip into whenever we want and talk on that most days actually and with the business group we all live near each other so depending on lockdown restrictions we can meet outside a cafe or in a park that um slack group's interesting because i suppose that can really help 
with that problem that you mentioned potentially of, of, of it just kind of falling to one side mm. that, that's sort of keeping you in touch there's no pressure but but it's a unified space where you yeah. can hang out definitely yes yeah, it's, it's really useful for that actually just mm. nudging each other and just and just talking through things that you may have discussed in your meeting but that you want to you know go on and maybe refine a little bit and mm. and ask for maybe some more feedback on something so can we talk a little bit about geography because even with online groups um some because some members might have circumstances that mean they they can't meet at certain times i'm thinking about things like childcare, medical needs and stuff like that but but also time zones um what, what do you how do you handle that yeah well my editors group has a member in canada so we have to work around time zones which affects our decisions about meeting online or in person and that was the case even before covid came to town <laughs> yeah. yeah and 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 a couple of the members also have younger children so there are commitments around you know school drop off and pick up and things like that and the interminable after school activities so you know there's Sometimes there's a doodle poll involved to, to mm, find a, mm. a, a time that suits everybody. But yeah, we, it, it, I think if you've got the will to do it, you can, you know, you can work around these things. So thinking about that idea of being location specific and non-location specific, um, can we... Can you tell us a little bit more about the pros and cons of, of each? Because the rules of engagement are changing all the time, aren't they? Yeah. It really does depend on your group's preferences and obvious things like whether you live near each other or even in the same country. I think online meetings have the big advantage of making the most efficient use of everyone's time. There's no travelling involved, for example. <laughs> but but in-person meetings can suit some people better in terms of interaction and engagement that you get with your group members. And, and if that's the case, to make it worthwhile, then you might want to make your meetings longer sometimes our in-person meetings are more like a half day thing where we, we know that we're going to maybe take three hours to discuss something in more detail and i i thinking now about sort of when it comes to the point when we can all meet up again i imagine you have to pick your location carefully because you need to hear each other speak for one thing but mm -hmm. if you're going to be sharing confidences about aspects of your business you there's a privacy issue as well isn't there yeah definitely you, you want somewhere quiet and reasonably private so you know a cafe or a bar with a quiet area could work during the day um or you could book a meeting room which we've done in a local um you know shared workspace mm. that has some nice meeting rooms that we can book so we've touched on this already but let's talk now about how long an accountability group meeting should be so i'm guessing this will depend on your setup and how often you're meeting yeah yeah so if you're meeting every couple of weeks you know probably an hour should be enough if there's four of you because this breaks down neatly into 15 minutes of discussion each but you know if one person needs a more in-depth chat it can be useful for them to have maybe a longer slot of half an hour and give everyone else a 10 minute slot that week so the message there is that we can be flexible and it's not always about everybody having equal time for equal sake. Mm. And, and maybe if your meetings were less frequent, let's say you, you meet every month or six weeks, it, it makes sense for them to be longer. Yeah, exactly. So you, so you could split it evenly to 30 minutes of fairly in-depth focus for each person or you could have 15 minutes for individual slots and give the rest of your time over to a less structured conversation. Socialising. 
<laughs> Free-flowing discussion, Harmby. <laughs> Seriously, though, no, I, I've been amazed at how useful this can be if you can give it the time that it needs. Um, you know, these conversations um, can lead in really unexpected directions and they can give you some fantastic ideas that you just might not have considered um, in, a, in a shorter time, time frame. But, I mean, however long it goes on for... Do you do you think it's important for the group to agree to some sort of structure in principle quite early on? Because it, I think there's little warning bells in my head. I know what you and me are like when we get talking. You know, we sit down to plan, <laughs> you know, a season of the editing podcast, and 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 what we what we planned was what we said was going to be an hour conversation. If we don't have a structure. <laughs> it can go on much longer. I mean, and I can see that could happen in some accountability groups if you weren't careful. Absolutely. Yeah. So I, I do think it is important to agree in principle what you're going to do and what it's going to look like and for everyone to be comfortable with that. But that's not to say that you can't deviate from mm. it. But but getting everyone's broad buy-in about how it's going to work at the beginning means it does mean you're less likely to have problems. Okay, I, I don't reckon I don't reckon I you you and me could manage that probably. No. But, um, <laughs> I would agree on that one. <laughs> yeah, but we're not um good practice. No. <laughs> so how about tools? What's out there? I can imagine the obvious ones: Zoom, Skype, Teams are options for online meetings and webinars. Yeah, and I think people are coming have become out of necessity much more familiar with these over this mm. last year and uh, zoom's my preferred platform for that um and also google docs for organizing an agenda or a program and sharing documents and um, mm. but as i said earlier slack is great for team communication and messaging and sharing information um, and all these things are free aren't they yeah. i mean i mean i know you can buy you can for some of the things you can pay for premium versions but but anybody can access these things absolutely and really for for the purposes of an accountability group in my experience the free version of all of these things is perfectly adequate it's more than adequate yeah yeah so if someone decides to set one up or join one they might be thinking what should i contribute what will be expected of me and i can imagine that some listeners might be worried that they don't have enough knowledge or enough experience and that, and that might hold them back yeah, that's a good point. And I, I do think it's important, really important to remember that you're not required to give people answers and, mm. and it's okay not to know something. And so therefore you shouldn't feel any pressure to give advice if you're unsure about it. In fact, you should be doing a lot of listening. <laughs> <laughs> it's about helping the others in the group work through an idea or a challenge not necessarily by solving it. So asking questions or perhaps mm. reflecting or summarising what they've said to make sure you've understood, would that work? Absolutely, that's absolutely it. And in fact, sometimes that alone is enough for them to see what their next steps are. Mm. Just the act of sharing something can help to bring clarity to the situation, you know, whether that's just vocalising your thoughts on something or sharing resources um, for people to have a look at. Mm. Maybe you can share your own ex you could share your own exp um, experience or something similar. So at least that person knows they're not alone and can perhaps get some ideas from that experience. Oh, definitely, yeah. And maybe you could recommend someone who could help them with a problem, even if you can't. Right. So you're stuck on your tax bill and the group can't help, but one of them knows an accountant who can. Yeah, <laughs> makes sense. Exactly. Or or maybe you've watched a TED talk or read an article that will help them. Yeah. Yeah, makes sense. 
So let's move on to the accountability bit. What does that exactly mean? Because to some, it might sound like a major responsibility. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, yeah, it is and it isn't. But how it works is this. Um, each of you sets out your goals. And then the next time you meet, you report on your progress. Right. So I can see why a Google Doc is so handy. Yeah. Everyone in the group can keep track of their goals and what they what they said they do. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, though in my group, we have four categories in our document. So the first is any wins that have happened since we last met. Mm -hmm. And this could be as simple as getting an overdue invoice paid or landing a new client. Or we might have launched our new website or started a major sales campaign. And then the second is any challenges or problems that we're experiencing that we'd like help with. The third is our goals, and they could be short, medium or long term goals. And then the fourth is a detail of what we'll be accountable for by the next time we meet. I really like that because um, I, I, that's allowing for a, a real flexibility because um, it was interesting when you talked about that that issue as something like an overdue invoice being paid because actually that can be a real stress things like small things like that can be real yeah. stresses for people that get in the way and and and, yeah. and uh just hold them back and and so that might be just as much of an important achievement as somebody launching a course absolutely <laughs> you know, yeah it's, it's not it's the quality not quantity yeah and for something like that you know you're your colleagues in your accountability group might have some really great wording of how to email and push that invoice to to get paid mm, um mm. you know so because they've maybe done it before or they might have mm. seen a post about it somewhere else so you know there there are lots of ways that are they might seem small but they can have significant impact mm. on on your business and in your confidence in running your business as well yeah so, uh, for example, maybe perhaps your goal, you could just thinking of those steps you mentioned, perhaps your mm -hmm. goal was to write a regular blog. And so the accountability detail would be having written two blogs, published one of them live. And so you're two steps closer to that goal. Yeah, exactly. That, yeah. yeah, exactly. Or maybe your goal is to win a new client and you've completed the first draft of a tender for a new project. I mean, it, it's totally flexible ar around your own personal goals mm. and I guess that even though not all aspects of business development are tangible it's always useful to have some things you can measure your progress by so for example bringing in new clients or increasing your fees and rates increasing the number of subscribers to your email or reducing the bounce rate on a particular web page I mean whatever it's just yeah, yeah. something measurable stuff sometimes That's right, really yeah. just it's, it's an easy win in a sense to to, to reflect on not yeah. easy necessarily to achieve but no but it, it's there's concrete numbers you yeah can they're tangible with. like you said yeah oh. and actually it, it's important to be a, to be realistic about goals as well and and that's where the group can really help you keep your feet on the ground and help you adjust your expectations so that you're being fair to yourself and that's really good for emotional well-being as mm. well so um let's wrap up and talk about when accountability groups go wrong what are the stumbling blocks denise time creep has to be up there <laughs> yes <laughs> oh, it definitely is yeah it, i think that's probably the most common problem and and it's for a lovely reason mm, mm. It, it can be so good to talk with like-minded people and share experiences with them that a meeting can run way over and sometimes it can be just one person taking up a disproportionate amount of time in the meeting. So how do we stop that happening? Do you, do you have someone chairing the meeting and pointing at their watch like Judge Judy? 
<laughs> well, having a chair is an excellent way to keep things on track and moving. And in one of my groups, we called this the sexy seats. You know, so whatever works. Eh? <laughs> I'm not even going to ask for fear of losing our clean status with Apple Podcasts. <laughs> I'll just so, say that, that was that was Ross that was involved in that. Yeah, that totally figures. Yeah. Ross Coverdale. Yes. So anything else? Preferably something that's less of a bombshell than the sexy seat. Yes. Well, um, obviously an agenda helps to keep things on track too. Yeah. And Denise, what, what if a member stops being engaged or stops taking action or even stops turning up? We go back to that commitment thing we raised right at the start. I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, that can happen. And there might be very good reasons for this behaviour. You know, it could be difficulties in their personal life or, or feeling overwhelmed or lacking direction. So if that's the case, I recommend reaching out perhaps via a private message just to check in with them and just ask if everything's okay. Maybe say you've noticed that they've been quiet or not around as often and they may well appreciate the chance to explain and you know an honest conversation could just be the boost that they need to ask for help or maybe rethink some of their goals. Because we all face problems and challenges, don't we? And sometimes when we're in the thick of something, we forget that trusting your peers just might be the solution. It's back Mm. to that safe space thing, a space without judgment. Well, Denise, thank you, because I feel like we've covered a lot of ground here and you've given not just our listeners but me <laughs> given really tangible structure for setting up and contributing to and getting the most out of these really Aww, good stuff i'm really glad to hear that and you're very welcome and you mm. know the, you know accountability groups are not for everyone i think it's important to say that um you know some people are good at holding themselves accountable i mean like you are and and that's absolutely fine i do talk to myself a lot though <laughs> you're a noisy accountability group of one (laughs) but it works for you and so that's that's all that matters every time you talk about these though I do feel like I can almost see you beckoning me with those long fingers and saying and look into my eyes look into my eyes you do want to join an accountability group (laughs) yeah I am actually dead and brown yeah (laughs) well maybe that's a bombshell we can wrap up with So, you heard it here first. Yeah, uh-huh, yeah. So we hope you've enjoyed this episode. Uh, of course, you can rate, review, and subscribe to us via Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or whichever plot platform, <laughs> <laughs> or whichever platform you prefer. Look into my eyes. You will subscribe. You will subscribe. <laughs> That's quite enough, Harmby. She's been Louise, and she's been Denise. Join us again soon. Bye-bye. Bye bye. <laughs> bye. I think I'll leave in platform. (laughs) I think you should just leave that in.